We're on. We're live. Back at it. Featured picks. Long time no see. Yeah, for real. It's, you know, I'd, I'd like to put out a little disclaimer. Uh, in, in our defense, we did have an episode recorded and it was ready to go, but uh, my technical prowess isn't quite good enough to recover us from five separate disconnects. So, yeah, our um, sound guy sucks, so we had to get a new one. Yeah, we fired, we fired the intern. He's fired his ass. He's not worth it. He's not with he's us out. anymore. We figured out he was here. lying on his LinkedIn resume, so we had a, just didn't have any room for that. We found him on Fiverr, and it turns out he was totally lying to us. This is after the credit card transaction went through, though. <laughs> this was after we paid him $400 to edit <laughs> our episode. We paid him in advance for about six months, and he turns out he ran after that. I don't yeah, know. He actually like, lives in uh, Bulgaria, so <laughs> I don't know if we'll see him again. We won't see him or that money again, but we did learn a valuable lesson. Not to speak a lick of English, but hell of a sound engineer. <laughs> really nice guy. I, I, think. I heard he worked with we Daft won. Punk at one point. He that's, told us that. He was Giorgio something, I think was his name. Um, but anyways, folks, you know, we're, we're overcoming. We're overcoming the trials and tribulations. We're, we're back at it. It's also been a bit of a break because, uh, you know, all the Black Lives Matter stuff and yes. the boys have been out on the streets. That's right, baby. <laughs> Yeah, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, in our area, I know, with me and Josh, it hasn't been as, uh, you know, there's there's certainly been some activity. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there was there was a couple things right around the corner from my house, but it wasn't anything like it is in L.A. So uh, why, don't you, yeah. why don't you give us the rundown? L.A. is crazy. They, uh, I mean, there's still, I think there's a protest every day still, and these started yeah. in June, like, 4th? 14th it's, it's been a good like four or five weeks at this point yeah i mean it's they've been consistently out there uh which is really cool um we went to first one i went to was in hollywood and that one was really cool um i'd never really been out to a protest or anything like that so this was like yeah. my first like outing for something like that and it was really cool it was like uh you really felt like you were a part of something and mm -hmm. it was just nice to see so many different people come together for one single thing. It just, I, you don't see that, like, you don't, I don't know, you don't get to see a physical representation of that a lot. And uh, that was a very cool moment for me. Um, on top of obviously, like, coming from a black family, I felt like I was making them proud, doing my duty of, of you know, making my voice yeah. heard along with everyone else. Um, that one was really cool. We went to, I went to a protest here in Burbank that was like two blocks down the street from me. That one has, uh, that one had like 500, I think, 500 people. Wow. And this is like, Burbank's like a little more suburbia than most uh, cities. So that was like a pretty big deal. We ended up at City Hall, everybody's chanting and kneeling in the road and stuff. There were tons and tons of people. Uh, and then we went to, another protest uh at hollywood and vine again and this one had i think ten thousand people there wow They're, like we because i remember insane. it was crazy because we got there and like we were supposed to start moving we were like why is the line not moving and we, obviously we couldn't see an aerial but afterwards we saw drone shots and it's just a sea of people like i cannot ex i don't think i've ever been around that many people before obviously everyone's wearing masks everyone's doing their civic duty uh, you know, hopefully I don't have Corona. We'll see. But if I do, my ancestors will be proud. I'm sure. 
Good stuff. But hey, man, we love to uh, love to see you out there on the streets. Yeah, you so, know, it's good stuff. Yeah, I was it was it was cool. I had a good time. Yeah, but very nice. All that to say, uh, you know, it's been a busy couple of weeks. A lot of, I'm way far away. It's been a busy couple of weeks. A um, lot of civic duties to be had. So That's right. That's right. Doing your part, baby. Love That's to right. see it. That's right. Appreciate so, you. Hey. Of course. Yeah. Hey, it's, you know. uh, it's for a good cause. I, I hope that, you know, it, it worries me that, you know, we see... I don't know if you've seen all the stuff on Twitter where it's like a bunch of voice actors who are like, oh, I'm no longer going to be voicing oh, yeah. black character or I'm stepping mm-hmm. down from the Cleveland show. And it's like, that's fine and all, but yeah. that's not what this is about. Like, it's we like need a, to yeah, some it's, real it's like sidestepping. It's like sidestepping the actual issue. And that's what yeah. sucks. Like yeah. nothing's being done. It's like the democratic party uh kneeling and wearing the african robes and i'm like that's great but w- like they're not doing anything yeah. they're not doing fine and dandy, Nancy, but uh, you've been in, in in office for 30 years now right. like, like you should I, yeah that really bums me out because i'm just like you guys could do so much but they just don't and it's like all that you know don't mean to get too political here but it's uh there's just a lot going on we're, we're gunning for Chapo Trap House as the next big political <laughs> site guy podcast. Yes. We're coming for him. Pod Save America, Chapo, you better, you better watch out. Done for. We're on your ass. Done for. <laughs> you guys are toast. Oh, well, speaking of, um, you know, big changes going on, there are some also some big changes happening. Not, you know, quite as big, of course, but uh, in, the, in the local Chuck business landscape. Chuck E. Yes. Cheese is down. Chuck E. Cheese is falling. Chuck E. Cheese is falling. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the the rat is finally dead. It would well, seem the king is done. Declaration of bankruptcy does not always mean the end of a business necessarily. So Chuck E. Cheese has, has a chance to liquidate some assets and get yeah. back out there for the kids. If there's one thing I know about Charles Entertainment Cheese. It's that <laughs> he, won't, he doesn't lay down without a fight. He is resilient. A powerful rat named Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> He's not going down without a fight. That's right, baby. Uh, yeah. So, we, so we, we've discussed before that me and Thomas used to work there, right? Yeah. We definitely, we, yeah. We well, covered that first episode, that, I think. Did we talk was about that the, the most recent? Episode? Was that the last episode? Can we run through this again? I, we, can, we can quickly discuss. Basically, me and Thomas, when we were back in high school, <laughs> used to work at a Chuck E. Cheese together. That was my first job. That was my first job, too. Yeah. We were, we were getting paid, what, eight bucks an hour? Yeah, they started yeah, yeah, above minimum wage, money. which is dope. It's big money for a 16-year-old. <laughs> but, uh, we might have to put a, a picture of us in the rat suit for, for this episode. Yeah, we both have. We That's have one. Of, I have one of Brad, and Brad has one of me. Oh yeah, it's it's our nice little blackmail. We might have it's to make so, that public. It's so bad. I'll um I'll post some pictures at least for my last day there where I'm flipping off the rat suit. Like, I in the back of the closet. Yeah. I wish I I wish I messed around more there, but man, that place just sucked the soul out of me every time <laughs> you, I walked in. You just get beaten down. It's a bummer, man. Like I'm just thinking. I'm I walk in and I go. All right, so if it's five o'clock and we're open until ten, that means yeah, I have to get in the rat suit five times today or four times <laughs> that's that's too many that's too many that sucks and if you're there yeah. for eight hours we're talking eight rat suit you know dances <laughs> we were i'm telling you we were, <laughs> that is insane. 
it wasn't enough to just get into the suit either. You had to like really put a little pizzazz into it. Yeah, so, yeah. You uh, had to give him the show because I mean, you know, it's like being at Disney World, but like like a poor works. man's Disney World. Yeah. Preserve the magic and all that. There is no uh there's no built-in AC in the in the Chuck E. Cheese suit, I'll tell you that much. I can't and the worst part is going in it after some of the adults that worked there, like this guy <laughs> named Richard. <laughs> and and what was the guy with the glasses name? Mark? Maybe, maybe it was Mark. I don't, I don't know. know. I want to dox these people. But. Oh, right. All I know is they were some sweaty dudes, and <laughs> using the suit after them, I wanted to cry. I really want. Like I, yeah. it, was, it was a bummer, man. <laughs> I, there was a big factor in why I quit. I think I could have stuck it out for at least like maybe like another four or five months if I didn't have to get into the suit. But it I was, couldn't. Yeah. It, I felt like I felt like the lower class when it came to jobs there because it was like. The birthday party hosts had all the money. They were making the tips. They were (laughs) not getting in the rat suit. We have to come out for their birthday parties that they're hosting. I don't get a single tip. Your older brother out there raking in the party mind. I got my brother. (laughs) 40-year-old ladies. I got him the job at Chuck E. Cheese. And he comes in and gets the better job. And (laughs) I'm doing the rat suit. And I'm doing the rat suit for his parties. (laughs) I remember was the slap uh, in the face. I remember I was working the day that he came in for his interview and I was pulling in to start my shift and I see Taylor in the parking lot and he's shirtless in oh the parking lot. Oh my god. He's kind of like standing outside his car just texting before he oh actually Oh lord. <laughs> like this grown man hilarious. in the parking lot shirtless in a Chuck E. Cheese by himself. He had to pop off the tee for the for the interview. To get the party oh, yeah, he, he, had to, he had to make sure he like gave him a show before he walked in. So they're like, "Oh, like that was you in the parking lot? Huh? <laughs> oh, that was nice. Me. Nice wow. abs, my man. Oh, you saw me out there. Yeah, I'm sorry I... about that. <laughs> oh, you guys saw that? So sorry. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, did you like what you see or <laughs> did you like what you saw? <laughs> Let me tell you, these abs they'll bring in some tips. They'll bring in some tips. I tell you what. Uh, but I don't. Do we, I think we talked about the story too, where where Josh came in on my last day. <laughs> yeah, the strategy is to is to find the employee that looks the most miserable and tell them, like very adamantly, that you did not get enough tickets for the game that you just won. Yep. And if you apply even the slightest amount of pressure to that person, they will give you like eight stacks of tickets. They will not. I, yeah. They'll they'll give you anything to get you to leave. <laughs> Yeah, I'll walk to the back and grab you a block of tickets. I can do it. Yeah, no, it's it's everybody has that power somehow at uh, at Chuck E. Cheese. It's like I mean, you just have the well, the least amount of willpower when you're. I guess you can't do it anymore, but yeah, that's right. But yeah, <laughs> until they're back. Yeah, until that's they're right. back. Hopefully, uh, Pasquale's Pizza uh, will save them on Uber Eats. It's possible. It's, oh my god, I can't believe they tried to get away with that. So crazy. Was, I, oh wait. Okay, was the story about uh, me and Tyler and my pre-K teacher, was that on the last episode <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or was that on the previous one? I think that was on the last episode. Go ahead and okay, get to it. Okay, well, just in case, I might have said this already, but it's worth saying again. Me and Tyler were there for Brad's last day, and we were just, you know, harassing him for tokens and tickets basically the entire time. Yes, you do. We, we beat the fireman game after, like, probably a couple hours. Long. That's a long <laughs> game. Beat. And then I see my pre-K teacher there who's had, like at like a birthday party with like her kids who are like of the age to be at Chuck E. Cheese at this point. Approximately four she, to twelve. <laughs> she recognizes yeah. me and she goes, Josh, are you is that you? And I was like, 
hey miss kim uh, <laughs> hey, miss yeah kim. that's me and like the best part is that like i went to that exact same Chuck E. cheese when i was like three in her pre-k <laughs> class like and that she was so there funny. as like a guest and oh my God. i see her just like are you like always here no, i promise like this is like the first time probably since you know miss kim i never left truly yeah you know what? i just i every night i go up on the top of the ball pit thing and i just kind of fall asleep and no one comes looking for me and nobody <laughs> checks the tubes before closing i promise you that yeah you know no, i think you know 12 years past. they asked me to go up there and i say yeah sure and i sit in the slide for like 20 minutes and then i get out and say it's all clean i used to have this little spot that i would go you yeah oh yeah uh whenever because we weren't allowed to check our phones when we yeah. were on shift there was a gap behind the basketball machines that i could <laughs> yeah, slide into that's right because like, every once in a while a ball would fly back there like the yep. ski balls would get lost on there and i'd be like oh i'm gonna go check to see if there's any basketball Dude, i would do there. that i just sit there. under there like a kid <laughs> like a little kid oh it's good back there i didn't see any i uh i gotta add this we should get you know going on our topics but um there i have this picture of this kid uh in in the ski ball machine so you know how they have that piece of plastic that goes like down and then there's like a six inch six inch gap (laughs) for where the ball goes in some kid like i'm not kidding crawled up through the gap and is like face out like against the glass like this and i took a i took a picture of it because i thought it was the funniest thing i'd ever seen and um i it just yeah i I think we're gonna post that on feet pics because it's just it's really good uh and i also just remember being like i hate this place i need to leave i think they called the fire department i don't know Hard times at Chuck E. Cheese, man. Uh, that was tough to that was tough to relive. <laughs> you know, bringing up some trauma. Well, it's always, a little bit of your grave for Chuck E. Cheese. I always like to say I I partially chose Chuck E. Cheese as my first job because I truly could only go up from there job wise. <laughs> That's so. a fact. It's it's like a fun conversation starter too. That's like whenever yeah. I'm in like somewhere new and it's always like, oh, share a fun fact about yourself. I'm like, my first job was yeah, Chuck E. Cheese, and then it's either did you wear the rat suit or do they cut you know do they cut their pizza weird? Do both. they recycle? Do they recycle slices? The answer to both is yes. Yes, they I, do. I never personally witnessed the the pizza recycling, but well, I believe it. I, I I don't think it's beyond <laughs> the, the reasonable. I think. I think the, the funnier else could it make sense that those slices get the, put together like that. The funnier version of that to me is what I tell people is that if you are a pizza maker at Chuck E. Cheese, I don't think you're taking pride in your work. And I can almost <laughs> guarantee you they cut the pizzas with one hand and like text with the other or something. <laughs> like they just they just you know, it's like one, two, three, four, five, slice, 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 slice. Doesn't care what it looks like. It's don't out. Don't they have like that thing that goes over the top to like no, they don't have that. They don't no, have that. that. It's free. Oh, we bet. It's all free. Okay, that makes more sense. No tracing uh, in Chuck E. Cheese. It's all free. Pizza cutter, pizza cutter, one hand blunt, another. <laughs> <laughs> just lighten up in the back. It's, it's more like probably just sucking the helium out of the balloon tanks. It's, it's Seriously. Helium hose in one hand, pizza cutter in the other. I think my favorite part, I'm sorry, we, we're going to be done with this topic, but. The, the, the 45 minute Chuck E. Cheese episode. <laughs> I think one of the one of the most slap the biggest slap to the face <laughs> was the first time I went to take a break and I was like so where's the break room and they go oh yeah it's in the kitchen you go back you turn left and 
I, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. I want to say this square, it's a box. Like it's walls, walls, floor to ceiling. You walk in. I think it's it's probably five feet wide and Maybe. four feet, you know, it's like five by four, a five by four box. It is a stool and a shelf, if I'm remembering. And then right. there's a little TV where you watch your training videos in the that, corner. That was, that was like, a, uh, oh my God, it, it really did almost feel like a, it was like a fight or flight yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> like a yeah. jail cell but not like a government jail cell like you're yeah, being right. held captive it was like by I was someone. going to be like reprogrammed at a camp somewhere <laughs> needless like, to say I, I never took my break there I would sit out and the like just in a booth or something where no one was sitting my coworkers come up and say oh can you come help me with this I say I will help you in 10 minutes my man <laughs> but I am on break oh yeah I, w- I would absolutely strategically hide in the car there was yeah. no no <laughs> chance that I was going to be caught there no sir Oh no! Oh, it felt good uh, to get off that off my chest, you know. A lot of, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of luggage that we're unpacking here. A lot of baggage. Yeah. But uh, this is in no way related to <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. Um, I watched a really interesting documentary about LSD uh, <laughs> the other day. <laughs> Pretty directly related to Chuck E. Cheese. I guess. I mean, yeah. Depending on who's asking, really. Um, who's working the shift? <laughs> that is, yeah, man. Uh, it's called have a nice trip. It's, uh, on Netflix and it basically just, it's a bunch of celebrities that, you know, you have, uh, Carrie Fisher, Anthony Bourdain, RIP. Um, who else was on there? You had sting, uh, you had a couple others, but, um, the most notable stories from it were, uh, stories from sting and Carrie Fisher, just because what I didn't know was Carrie Fisher basically did LSD for her entire stint on Star Wars when she was young, at least. Uh, oh, she's like a notorious yeah, drug addict. I never, right? knew, I never really knew that. But uh, she's like totally casual about it. And she seems really cool. Like, well, yeah, was really cool. RIP as well. Um, but the documentary is awesome. The way that they do it is they uh, – so you have Adam Scott is hosting, a guy from you know Ben Wyatt, Parks and Rec, and a couple other things. Uh, other things he um kind of he hosts it and then he does the the uh interludes between not interludes the uh, transitions between stories and all that he does the um, and it's really cool because they animate the stories that the celebrities tell so they'll tell this ridiculous story about something that they had done and um like for instance uh anthony bourdain he told a story about one time he and a friend had just turned like 17 or 18 and they wanted to go to San Francisco and they wanted to do LSD for the first time. It's a weird aspiration. I, I can't say I've ever like San Francisco just seems like such a chaotic place to do that. I, I guess know. now maybe it's different. I feel like when was this like the 70s? Yeah, it, yeah, was it was like 70s. Very, like it, that was probably like LSD Mecca at the time. Probably, Yeah, you're probably right. That's probably why they wanted to go. But uh, he said, so he and his friend took LSD, then started driving. Um, and they were like totally good. They uh, they picked up uh, about they, – they came across two girls just like on the street hitchhiking. I feel like hit, people hitchhiked a lot back in the day. I can't I help know. but feel 
like there's a positive correlation to how many serial killers there were in the 60s and 70s versus how many people were hitchhiking. <laughs> I there's got there's something most there of the sure. famous serial killers were picking up hitchhikers to kill. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's why we don't do it anymore. I think we collectively as a nation learned our lesson from we really now. did. We decided that hitchhiking is not the most clever way to get around. <laughs> we uh, so they picked up these two girls and and they were pretty and stuff. They were models and they uh, took them to a hotel in San Francisco, obviously. And on the trip, they did mention that they had a suitcase just full of every narcotic you could possibly want to take. They had oh, weed, uh, nicotine, you know, uh, LSD, mushrooms, all that, and uh, quaaludes was one Ooh. of them. And uh, so the girls took some LSD with them and they're all having a good time. They're partying and stuff. And uh, the one of the girls goes, hey, uh, you said you had some quaaludes, right? And Anthony's like, yeah, yeah, sure. So they all take one. They're feeling good. Ten minutes later, she comes up, says, hey, can I have another quaalude? And he's like, I don't know if that's such a good idea, but yeah, I guess. Sure. Nobody's ever OD'd on quaaludes before. You'll be all right. Let's her have another quaalude. You know, typical story, the classic. Um, They're just hanging out. All of a sudden, she falls down, and she is unconscious. And Anthony's sitting there going, all right, cool. So we just killed her. She's dead. (laughs) And the police are coming. He was like, I, you know, on on everything that he was on, he said, like, he could have sworn he saw police sirens, like, or heard police sirens and seen police lights on the outside window and he was like, oh my gosh, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And uh, all of a sudden, she just pops right back up. Doesn't, like, as if nothing happened, starts partying again. And, you know, that was that. Incredible. Crazy. Just crazy. Um, but yeah, that was Anthony Bourdain's story. He's He's got a, that's a pretty good one. Um, I, I can never hear Quaaludes without thinking of the Wolf of Wall Street scene. I was already thinking right the same exact yeah, thing. Yeah, I was also thinking that. Yeah, uh, the classic. The always kills me in that where he's deludes dog at the end he's great oh my god that's right i forgot about that um yeah so uh, i got one more story uh this one came from sting from the police i believe josh can you yep okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) i had to just want to make sure um he uh this guy one is a really good speaker like i i felt inspired by the way that he talked he's captivating in it for sure he's really just like you just are so uh, involved with what he says. And like, you know, it's hearing someone talk in like a hippie way can either rub you the wrong way and you're just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, you hippie. Or, you know, you can take it for what it is and what he learned. Uh, and he took some dried peyote. He was at a farm in Ireland, I believe, or something like that. And uh, yeah. he said his brother had given him some peyote. If you don't know, peyote is another kind of psychedelic um, but it's a more, it's like a naturally growing, uh, plant, I think. Um, yeah, it's, it's something like native American tribes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And like, what was it like the Midwest would kind I of think like it's Navajo maybe it's yeah. like, it's like, I picture like the desert LSD, the peace pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he took some of that and he's just walking around on the farm and his brother calls him over, uh, to the, to the barn and he says, Hey, I, you know, this uh, mother cow is giving birth and the calf is stuck and we have to help her either otherwise both of them are going to die 
And he's like, and it's so funny because the way that they uh, draw it, they draw him walking in and it's like, there's like butterflies and like the grass is talking to him and the trees are talking to him and stuff. And it all comes to a halt when he's like, <laughs> we got to help this cow. And he's like, yeah, okay. So they, uh, they grab a rope and they tie it around the calf's legs and they're pulling and he's getting covered in like amniotic fluid and blood and just a lot of gross stuff all while just like going straight to the penthouse, like on his way up, you know? Uh, and he said, as he reached like the climax of his trip, the calf, they finally pulled it out. Calf was healthy. And he said, at that point, the universe just cracked open. And he was like, suddenly I got it. Like I understood like there is no it, it is we, and we are all coexisting with everything. I understood the way that all inanimate objects work together. He was like, I just cannot begin to explain to someone unless they've done uh, psychedelics what I experienced in that moment. Um, but it was really, it was cool because all, like the common thread of all of their stories and stuff were like people had bad trips and people had bad times and stuff, but they all kind of got the same understanding of the world, which is such a like big concept. But I thought it was really interesting to hear that through like eight different people's experiences, you know? Yeah. Um, but the documentary is really cool. It's again, it's called, uh, have it, have a good trip. And it's an easy watch. Like, you know, just sit down and something casual to watch. If you're not looking to watch the office for the 80th time, uh, Josh and me, honestly. Uh, but, but yeah, wanted to talk about that because I thought it was really great. Um, I feel like when it comes to like hippie talk like that and people going like, oh man, like I had a new understanding for the mm-hmm. universe. Like if it's coming from somebody like Sting, then right. it's telling. But if it's like the guy next to you in Subway, like what you're <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm it not is, about to listen to this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, he worse. will tell you anyway. Yeah, no, he will make sure that you know. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. But like imagine that story from like you're sitting there waiting for like your sub to get done toasting and he turns to you and he goes like, so do you know what peyote is? And you're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Have you ever, you ever heard of peyote before? <laughs> right in your ear. Right in my ear. Like I didn't even see him walk up behind me. You just hear the, you feel the air hit your ear. He just. You want to hear about the first time I took peyote? <laughs> the, the, when he pops the pee on peyote, you just hear the, the gust of wind hit the side of your head. Oh God, that's a horrifying image. It is. Um, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Check it out. You know, if yeah. you interest, if you're interested in that, if you interested. Uh, <laughs> if you bout it let me know hit the comments you know i know what's going on hit my ass uh but yeah that's all i got what uh what, what, what else we got today all right Josh, i'll take it a, take it yeah. away um i'm stealing another idea from time crisis this is no Classic. surprise but I, I assume at least half of our listeners don't have access to it so i'll give it you know another shot here of course. We're, we're drawing inspiration. We're right. Not, we're not going to have the same we're, conversation. We're inspired by. Right. You know, or just it's a good template. So we're going to steal it. Yes. Basically, <laughs> blatantly and unashamedly steal. It. This is called piracy, if you're familiar. Um, so basically, they had this guest on Frank Azaria or Hank Azaria. Either way. Frank, Hank. Pretty famous guy, rock journalist, I believe, as well. Uh, but anyway, he was saying one of his favorite, like, kind of just party conversations or whatever is, you know, what's you? What do you think is the best American like rock band all time? Ooh. 
and he always says, you know, you, there's it cuts out, you know, solo acts, so no Elvis, Michael Jackson, they don't count. Fair. Um, and for this purpose, we're gonna do like American band, so they're all American. No, no Zeppelin, no Beatles, right. no, none of them. Not even like they lived in America, were famous in America. They had to be like from America, be America an American band. Baby. Right, that's right. So I've got a few written down here. I'll get some input from you guys. Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. I've, I've got some of my own thoughts. I'm curious to see uh, if we line up at all. I'm sure we will. One of the, a- yeah, I'm sure we'll, there'll be pretty significant overlap. Um, uh, is the, uh, you got neon trees on there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah number one uh, how'd i know <laughs> uh so just some of the big names right off the bat we have okay so they're like kind of the guy who was asking the question he said his answer is always the doors which i thought was Ooh, a unique take wow so typically the criteria is usually has to do with longevity um right. The Doors, I don't believe, lasted too long because Morrison died pretty young. But yeah. they still have a pretty. It's not. It's not only longevity. It's also depth of catalog and significant was, number of hits. Say, like, does impact on you know music or in in culture at all? Does that have? Yeah, a, yeah, definitely. Because I feel like although they had maybe a short stint, they for sure had an impact bigger oh, than yeah. most. I feel right, like. right, and they have a lot of hits too. That's one of like the main riders on the storm. Into this house we're born. Fortnite favorite. Whenever we get caught by the storm. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Okay, so the doors. I, I did some kind of a little bit of research here on terms of like record sales too. It's kind of important. It's got the numbers. Um, not all the data is available that I was looking for, at least quickly. <laughs> so the doors sold... Page? Sometimes just not quite. It's up just to the, stuff. You know, I wish there was a little more consistency throughout Wikipedia in terms of sale records. The Doors sold 33 million records in the USA and 100 million plus in the world. So that's okay. pretty good numbers. That's I'm right. not Next. sure how. I know there's like with the streaming age. I think it's like so many streams is equivalent to a buy, and they count it. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what that number is, but it's pretty high if I remember right. I want to say it's like maybe even over a hundred streams. I mean, I mean that makes sense because you think about it. Like if I bought a record in the yeah. like the olden times before the internet, a hundred streams is probably standard. How many times I listened to it if I liked it? Right, and if you're an artist making what twenty bucks plus, maybe around that for for a record these days, like you're gonna need quite a few streams to get to that same right. dollar. Definitely. And the next one, in an, a no order here, we have the Eagles, who are pretty high on my list. Uh, I know we have a mutual respect there from all oh, of us. Oh, yes. Eagles have 100 million USA records sold, 200 worldwide. Million. Wow. 200 million, excuse love me. Let's see, yep, see, Tom has, uh, has gone shirtless. Tom has popped up the tee. It's Eagles hot in hot. here. <laughs> We're at about out, out, minute thirty of the uh, the podcast, so Tom has gone shirtless. <laughs> if you notice his energy change at all, that's the reason why. You notice sound, in the room. If I sound like a hot guy, that's why. <laughs> it's really hot in here. So but the Eagles—they have a great catalog. <laughs> great catalog from the Eagles. Go to Spotify. You hit that. Uh, this is the Eagles playlist, and you can just let that spin for a few hours, and it's all all killer. 
straight up just shuffle the discography and you will not you'll not you'll be just fine anything bad yeah i think like wasn't like the eagles greatest hits like one of the greatest the greatest selling albums of all time so. like yeah, out there with thriller like it's like yeah. that and thriller like neck and neck yep no mistake there what else we got uh band wise we've got aerosmith 70 oh. million u.s sales 150 yeah, I, million uh, worldwide i always forget about aerosmith you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too oh, they're I, they've got a disney world ride but i never think that's about right it. that's right the i love that ride it's so fun <laughs> <laughs> how did they land that i don't, I don't know. know that's, that's a such weird a, one. like that's such a random get i feel we like we need yeah, to have Aer- an aerosmith roller coaster this yeah, is non-negotiable it needs to be in whatever i mean it's because steven tyler looks like an animatronic so it was really easy <laughs> to get him uh, translated over yeah it's honestly hard to tell the difference when i first time i went i thought he was there but it was just the <laughs> like recording or the yeah the thing he reached out and grabbed me i felt yeah. his presence i said okay steven <laughs> next on the list here we got, uh this one's a little bit controversial because this is a funk rock band but we've got the red hot chili peppers oh yeah a personal favorite i've been listening to a lot of peppers recently i saw oh, them at uh <laughs> <I> tell you? <laughs> that's, a, that's, you that's an inside joke for all the few fans out there uh, we, yeah i don't know if we've talked about the great we've ball. addressed that one yet it was just basically the gist of it. It's, it's very simple to catch on to. It's that every time Thomas brings up Lollapalooza, we act like it's the first time he's ever said anything about it because he. Yeah, he, and he, I feel like you know, I, I feel like you talk a lot about it after you listen, win because it's a great thing. But I feel like a big jerk whenever I bring it up, even when it's on topic or we're talking about it. We could literally be talking about it, and then I'll say something, and immediately around the room goes, "Did I tell you I went?" and <laughs> <laughs> this has been like six, like four <laughs> years. I went in 2016 <laughs> or 13, I think. We're we're approaching oh, half a decade of. Did I tell you I went? <laughs> it's yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's just as funny every single time. <laughs> That's the thing about our our shitty recycled jokes is that it, we would stop if they if we didn't laugh every single time that we did it. So. Yeah, and honestly, as long as you personally think it's funny, it does not matter what everyone else thinks. <laughs> it, it's almost it's more empowering when everybody yeah. else thinks it's obnoxious. When he gets yeah. an eye roll from everyone else. That is the most powerful joke you can tell. That's a lot Absolutely. of that's a lot of my humor in the group, at least. <laughs> yeah. You you do the bits till till they catch on or you go down in flames. But either way, <laughs> I leave with my pride. That's right, baby. That's what it's called. Anyway. About. Sorry. Uh next up we've got the Foo Fighters. Uh I felt Ooh. like they were they were going to throw in there. Um, I almost said you had to save a life. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Not was it roll? No, that's uh that's the oh, fray. The fray. The fray. Yeah. Oh, Next on the list, the fray. No. Like 120 million records, the fray. <laughs> Probably did. Honestly, though. That's the oh, thing. Uh Foo Fighters, I don't know if these numbers are up to date, but um at the time that I took them down, 12 million USA, 30 million in the world. That was like I think that was a few years ago that this article yeah. said that, so wow. it could be more by now. Good but them. they've been around for a while, pretty much since oh, yeah. uh, Kirk Cobain died. They pretty much have been around. So, All right. 
I used to I used to be a big Foo Fighters guy, not so much these days, but uh, back in like early high school when I was actually trying to find music on my own instead of uh, a glorious time. Yeah, yeah, I remember playing "Learn to Fly" on Rock Band. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> yeah, I think that might have been the first time I heard them, or I don't know. But are uh, the Killers on this list? Uh, I think they're British. Oh, they Ooh, are. They yeah. are British. Oh yeah, you know what? Remember oh, when we were, when we were so- Music Midtown? Whoops. Tom, were you were with me, right? When we saw yeah. the Killers? Oh, yeah, yeah. And James Bond just came out on the stage and like announced them. Like, like Daniel yeah. Craig. Yeah, Daniel I Craig walks out. about that. We're in Atlanta. Daniel Craig walks out and goes, like, ladies and gentlemen, the Killers. And he just the walks killers. away. And you're like, what, the, what is that? That was it. That's Daniel all Craig? he did. I Except it was about that. Out accent. He came in and went, the Killers, everybody. <laughs> yeah, his country <laughs> accent. This was a few years before the movie, but he knew. <laughs> Well, I mean, he was obviously training for his role. Right, He's a method right. actor. He came all the way down to Atlanta to train for his southern accent. Um, this Who's is another it? one we caught. Uh, we've mentioned this earlier, but we got booted up from our system. We had Guns N' Roses with an asterisk. Oh. Uh, an asterisk band. No chance to be a full contender here, but worth mentioning. The Wikipedia page for Guns N' Roses says that they are an American rock band. However... Upon further research, you will find out that Slash, famous guitarist, was in fact born in the United Kingdom. His mother is American. Unbelievable. His dad was British. Eventually, Slash came over to the United States. I believe he lived in California where he uh, formed the band Guns N' Roses. So Tom is looking for his Guns N' Roses right now. Just looking looking for my Guns N' Roses. Guns and roses. roses, but I'm seeing a pair of guns. <laughs> oh, hey, sure are. Yeah, yeah, you know. You Again, know. Tom is still shirtless here on the show. I will be shirtless for the rest of the show. I don't know what to it's tell you. It's important to know that we can only see him like nipples up, so he could be <laughs> totally pantsless right now. Nips too. up. We just no. assume at this point. You'll never guns and roses. Forty-five million sold in the USA. <laughs> Hundred million in the world. Next up, this one is uh, an interesting, an interesting pick. I don't believe they're quite in the conversation, but they're. Definitely noteworthy. We have oh, yeah. Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah. Eddie Vedder, baby. Completely unintelligible after that. <laughs> 32 million USA, 85 million worldwide. Impressive. Uh, so Guitar Hero 3 staple for oh, sure. Absolutely. Next one up, um, a little more on the controversial side as well, in, in the same vein as kind of the, the Peppers. Not a funk rock band, but you've got the Beach Boys. Mm. Beach Boys arguably have the most success of any American band, but it's hard to think of them as having a sound representative of the entire U.S., which is part of the goal as well. This is true. It's, It's, you know, beach rock. American. Yeah. When I hear the Beach Boys, I mean, they are. But like, I kind of think of the same vein as the Beatles almost as opposed to like the actual American sound. Right. And they were like, um, I watched a documentary. I'll talk about it eventually. I always say I'm going to, but um, it was about kind of like the 60s music scene and basically the Beach Boys, the Birds, and the Beatles were all kind of influencing each other at the time. Yeah. And I think Pet Sounds was the record that kind of shaped um, Sgt. Pepper's. The first ever emo rock album. (laughs) So... There's no Sgt. Peppers without the Beach Boys pet sounds. So Respect. in terms of, you know, it's it's 
that's a pretty big accomplishment for anybody to influence Sergeant Peppers, which is yeah. in a lot of a lot of circles, that's probably considered the greatest rock album ever. That's I feel like that's kind of a hot take, but that might be a discussion for, for another a, time. It's it's considered. <laughs> Some people who are wrong have considered Sgt. Pepper's to be the greatest rock album of all time. Uh, hot takes off the off the, the dome real quick. Do you have any uh, albums you would say would be top rock? The greatest rock album of all time. Are we talking American rock specifically? Or I'm talking rock? just in general. Oh, mm. Led Zeppelin 4 comes to mind for me. Uh, I mean... You got Black Dog, you got Stairway to Heaven, you got Going to California, you got When the Levee Breaks. That is a stacked album. Uh, and you, uh, you guys are big Led Zeppelin guys, so a little biased perhaps, but that's my number one. You know, uh, we did not mention Creedence Clearwater Re- Revival. I when didn't I mention like, them purely American because style. of longevity. CCR. But they still kind of have the same longevity as probably The Doors, I would assume. I don't really know for yeah. sure. I would say more people are familiar with Fortunate Son than like purely because of like it's maybe because of just its use in movies and everything, too. But I don't know. I feel like. But at the same time, Riders on the Storm is also very influential. Riders on the Storm. Next up. I have also I also have in a similar vein, I have Leonard Skinnerd. Oh, so oh yeah. They kind of represent kind of the southern rock sound. Um, say, yeah, I I would definitely. They're they're a little more niche than like say the Eagles or somebody. Right. Uh, Leonard Skinner, twenty eight million U.S. sales. Pretty pretty good. Well known band, but definitely some hits you've heard for sure. All right. Um, what be- what about a uh, uh, Van Halen? Van Halen are they American? Yeah, know. they started in Pasadena. Let's, okay. Let's see a quick search. I don't know. The, the name Wolfgang Van Halen is probably the least American name that I can think of. Although, yeah, I guess American. Right. Hold up. Let's do some. We'll dig yeah, a little deeper here. A little deeper. Isn't it Eddie Van Halen is, is the yeah, uh, David Lee Roth, too. David Lee Roth is an American. OK, they yeah. seem to be American. Yeah, I think so. Eddie Van Halen, an absolute beast. Yeah. Oh, hold up. Asterisk. Oh, Asterisk. Oh, oh, red flag. <laughs> Edward. Lodovic Van Halen is a Dutch-born American musician. Bastard. That's oh, what I call an asterisk, folks, I here on the it. show. I knew it. Van Halen with the asterisk, not a full-fledged American band, but we still, I respect Van Halen a lot. Not a lot of Edward Van Halen's coming from America. No Van sure. Halen is such a sick name, though. Man. Yeah, it's well, a really Van cool Halen. name. That's, that is the coolest name I've ever heard in my entire it life. It really is. Uh, yeah, we love Van Halen. They got some absolute hits. Hopper teacher on Guitar Hero, baby. That's right, baby. That's all we know. <laughs> Let's see here. What else we got? Uh, Talking yeah, Heads. Yeah. I think they're a little too niche to be considered as the American band, but I a great American band yes. that did a lot of pioneering, I would say. Oh, yes. Heads will roll. And they will also talk. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the famous that's their, that's their. Heads. It's on all the t-shirts. Off with the head. <laughs> That is not the talking heads. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, that's the yeah yeahs or whatever, isn't that? Like, yeah, it oh. is. <laughs> we, should, we should make some bootleg talking heads merch that just says uh, <laughs> off, off with your head by the talking heads. Heads will roll by the talking heads. Heads will roll and they will also talk. The talking heads thirtieth studio album. <laughs> off with it. <the head. laughs> 
another one we have the ramones ah okay. yeah classic band um, we're starting to get more modern here i feel like ramones, I'm, they're uh, from they started in 1974 so they're kind no of in kidding. the peak wow, I think wow. For they're reason, like they're like the punk rock origin basically okay okay so they're kind like, of in that same vein of in 90s late 80s kind of sound and they were just ahead of the times i guess yeah they were like one of the pioneers of punk rock i would i believe as far as i know um well, i'm on the wiki now doing some quick research they're often cited as the first true punk rock group so that's from wikipedia so if you don't like it then you can you know frankly stop listening to the show if you don't like it you can eat it Ray Moans, years active, 1974 to 1996. They oh. heard that I was born and they were like, okay, let's, it's time for a new king to, to reign here. That's right. That's crazy. I'm about to head out, actually. <laughs> uh. Next up, we have ZZ Top. Uh, yes. a, a Texas band. Again, kind of, I don't quite think they have a sound that's inclusive of the entirety of America. Um, I kind of a southern rock yeah they're kind of southern southern texas rock yeah they got that southern drawl to them next up we've got the birds who i briefly mentioned earlier they're kind of in that folky um laurel canyon vibe of california like 60s rock i do know where that is check it out I am in California, says Tom. <laughs> I'm in California, if you guys weren't aware. Did we forget? Uh, Birds, a great band. Uh, wide acclaim. It's hard to say for them, for me. Yeah, I know, I, I love them. I don't, know if I they don't quite think it's have... quite the same prowess yeah. in terms of rock. They're kind of like a softer. Did you say, did you say prowess? Oh, I did, baby. I said prowess. That's how I pronounce it. You said prowess. I... Uh, all right <laughs> let, the, let the fans decide on that one anyway exactly said prowess uh, and then okay. next i have okay journey oh strong pick yeah a strong cool. journey's got that kind of i feel like they got a good sound and they're pretty widely regarded in america i would assume yeah Separate is like true anthem material right i mean that's that's oh yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Talking about uh they got some hits. Yeah, I agree. American so, rock. They're from San Fran. Ooh. Oh, from old San Fran. In terms of, of what you, Josh, would consider the greatest American band, who would you put in that number one spot? You know, I've been going back and forth here a little bit. I know people say this band doesn't rock hard enough to be the greatest American rock band. But once Joe Walsh came in and we got dueling guitar solos in Hotel California, we became a rock band. The Eagles are number one on the list, folks, and it's as simple as that. I no contest. I think no contest. No contest. (laughs) You had to be objective and like truly kind of step back and put personal preference aside. It's got to be the eagles right i mean if we're talking strictly you know band not solo act right every member from the states how can you pick anybody else it's it's tough to you know you've gotten a a band like the eagles almost becomes a super group when you think about it like right i mean joe walsh don mcclain 
I'm forgetting the huge <laughs> member. What's his name? I'm going to Google. This is embarrassing. Wow. Come on, man. Don McLean, Joe Walsh. I say as I Don Felder, but he's not the famous one I'm thinking of. Wait, Don Henley? Don Henley. Yeah. Did yeah. I say Don Henley? Uh, I don't think said, I did. Yeah. No, I, I think Glenn so. Fry. Yeah. Don Henley. Thank you, Tom. I got you. If I had to choose one that was like kind of my own bias, I feel like CCR is truly like they kind of own they own the the Vietnam War like soundtrack, which is a pretty big moment. For a second, I thought you meant C plus C Music Factory, uh, the ones that sing. uh, (laughs) Hang on. Can I meant, wait, can you repeat that? You kind of broke up for a second. Um, wait, where is it? Oh, wait. Okay, so I thought you meant uh, everybody dance. The guys who did everybody dance now, when you said CCR, <laughs> I thought you meant C&C Music Factory. I don't know <laughs> How if you do you know that. the name of C&C Music Factory? I don't know why song. it's stuck in my head, but that, <laughs> you know, the only song they do is yeah. And I did not I know that. Like, like that I never is knew a that band hot name. Take. <laughs> I should have said MCR for My Chemical yeah, Romance. <laughs> the greatest American band, hands down. MCR. I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look it up right now and see if they're all American. Oh, uh, who MCR? I'm looking for Music Factory. CNC Music Factory is an all American band. Okay, see if they're contenders. MCR from Newark, New Jersey. Oh, strong. Uh, hold up, nice. we're, got, we're looking at the, the members now. Time Let's to see. see. All right, we've got Gerard Way is American. Where's American he from? Okay, American. Ray, Ray Toro, Toro American. American. Okay, so far so good. Mikey Way, aka Milky Way. Love that. From New- Newark. Frank Iero, American. Okay, they check that. off. They All check American off. baby from Belleville, New Jersey. Then consider that my answer. <laughs> this lock, lock it in. in. Lock it in, baby. MCR, lock it in. Oh, man, that's great. So, I mean, we've got... It's one of the main points they brought up that I think was kind of interesting. The reason why maybe there's not a definitive answer in the USA as opposed to maybe like great britain or australia i think is acdc right oh yeah um england you pretty much have two choices the beatles or the stones and that's basically based off of i mean brad's got something else to say party missing there There is there is (laughs) led zeppelin it's hard to say if they're more definitive than the beatles it's it's It's, i feel like it's hard to argue you can't do that to anyone you can't do that to anyone exactly yeah they were the basically they were the template which is it's hard to compete with i mean they were like truly the first like global band phenomenon right Right. i mean at least to like the level of stardom that they achieved right where they basically stopped performing live because they couldn't hear the music they were playing because people were cheering so loud the whole time. I love those. Have you ever, I'm sure you've seen the recordings of them on like old TV broadcasts. Literally like, just, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. And then <laughs> for like this, it is just until you hear them, you see them bow at the end of the song and, and they then just go, the screaming yeah. gets louder. <laughs> it's just mic boom. For, <laughs> they're like, we're literally not even playing anything at this point. We're not even plugged in. The subtitles just say it's shrieking. <laughs> That's just for every Yoko Ono solo track. 
Anyway, so you have the UK is, you know, like a smaller country. It'd be probably less likely there'd be branches of rock like Watford sound. The London right. sound is less likely, less likely to be Southern rock, Midwest rock, Cali rock, right. New Jersey rock, you know. You most definitely had like British rock and there was right. like a very definitive sound for that. But yeah, I, I mean, other than people's like individual accents within the band, you it's kind of it's all a very similar sound. Right. And then you got I mean, Australia's I feel like in a similar vein to England in that way, too, just because yeah. I don't know how many people live in Australia, especially in like the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. How many people lived in Australia or just if there was even prisoners. like. I don't. I just don't really have enough of an understanding of how the country is laid yeah. out. Um, it's. I feel like most of them are coastal in the it's south because the middle is uninhabitable. <laughs> yeah, so, you literally cannot live in the middle. <laughs> it's just you know. I thought it was a fun kind of yeah. topic to think about. Some you know, chew on that uh, when you after you listen to this. Um, know what you think. If it's we miss, a if there's take. a blatant like just complete miss we didn't see, then you know, yeah. feel free to let us know. But I doubt it. We're going to get a lot of fan mail that was like, you know, I was really afraid that you weren't actually going to bring up CNC Music Factory, but I'm very happy <laughs> that they did. One and guy. I, CNC Music Factory is the number one American rock band. And I we get a video speak. message from one he's, guy. He's sitting there typing frantically as he's listening to the episode and he's, he's about to hit send and all of a sudden Thomas goes, oh, I thought you were going to say CNC Music Factory. Yo, and, and says, they're, an Amer- they're an American music group formed in 1989. <laughs> he's he's reaching for the, oh, he's he's reaching reaching for the stop Cole, button American. and as soon as he hears... Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Never mind. Robert Claviles is, has Puerto Rican ancestry, but he's American. Well, that's what you're going to say. Robert, he was born in America. I thought you were going to say he has Puerto Rican vibes. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes. Robert Claviles, famously from CNC Music Factory, uh, has some Puerto Rican energy behind his sound. I think that's pretty clear. Well, I, I'm willing to, you know, since Washington D.C. is going to become a state now, surely Puerto Rico counts as American at this point. I'm sure. Yeah, why not? True. Yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? Um, that's it's a really. Ooh, that's ooh a hold up. Oh, go ahead. 2015, uh, Mr. Claviles made his debut as a solo artist with the song <laughs> "Set Me Free." That's Keep in a, mind, he was born in 1964, and he made his first solo debut in 2015. I, I hope say it's a little a, bit of a late bloomer. I hope it's a part two to uh, everybody dance now. Yo, hold up. Everybody stop dancing now. C- Everyone was, stop. Well, CNC, hold on. This is big. Okay, never. <laughs> never Josh really. is going down to CNC Music Factory. Never mind. He's, I, he's years active on his personal page in 1980. And I was like, he's been in that CNC Music. He was in 15 years old, but he was not. CNC Music crazy. Factory was not until 1989. So. A young king. Well, uh, yeah, next episode, we'll get into the history of CNC Music Factory. <laughs> Uh, My weekly this week is actually from CNC Music Factory. So I'm I'm just, the fans them. have been talking about them for so long. It's just it's overdue at this. We're point. getting so much mail about it. Oh yeah, a lot of hate mail from, uh, <laughs> from a lot like of handwriting, about. and it's all coming from the label that owns CNC Music Factory. So I'm the ones I'm getting are like na- like um, magazine clippings spelling <laughs> yeah. out CNC mine Music Factory a, stuff. A thin veil of white powder on it. Last time I opened it up, and yeah, I yeah, mine was probably. Nothing. Mine was, mine was the magazine clippings. It said, "We have your daughter," and I don't have a daughter, so I don't know. <laughs> so, I guess the wrong guy. <laughs> they meant someone else to get this. I guess I don't. Oh man, that's good stuff. Well, yeah, a lot, a lot of yeah. people like to debate uh, greatest rock band of all time, and it's usually pretty heavily dominated by the uh, by the British. So it's it's kind of interesting to 
scoop out right so many of those top contenders and kind of like solely focus on on the good old US of A. Give them the Americans a little bit of you know the spotlight for once. Just a little spotlight. That's right. And speaking of classic rock, I have a I have a, a loosely related topic here. That's uh, what it's all about on the show. We're gonna we're gonna travel from the United States of America over to the great country of Germany, uh, where the band the Scorpions are uh, are famously from. And uh, I so I've been listening to this podcast, or I finished this podcast called Winds of Change, um, and it's basically a story about the uh, the Scorpions again. West German rock band uh, started in the 60s. And the allegation is that their most famous song, Winds of Change, hence the name of the podcast, was written uh, by the CIA as a propaganda piece. I'm uh, all so about this, this. This immediately, like, my my brain lit up like a Christmas tree. All the neurons started firing because I'm like, all right, classic rock history. We got it. Little, uh, little Cold War history. We got it. The CIA up to no good. We got it. That's like my my big three right there. We got it. We got it, baby. That's a happy feet reference. That is a happy feet reference. I'm glad you got it. <laughs> oh, did I did I send that quote the other day about happy feet three? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a quote from the director of happy three, happy feet three. And it was like something like if you had a gun to my head and told me to write a script for happy feet three, I'd tell you to pull the trigger. <laughs> I could not believe that. So good. Oh, we love it. We love to see it. But uh, anyways, so this uh, Winds of Change, if you're not familiar, it was uh, a rock anthem that was released uh, in, the, in the 90s while it was still kind of like communist versus capitalists. Russia was was in turmoil. There was some some parties vying for uh, for control. Basically, the theory is that uh, this song was intended to kind of prop up a bunch of like American Western beliefs and kind of propagate that over europe and thus into the ussr to kind of like turn the tides in favor of pro american uh american ideals so it's pretty interesting stuff um the song holds the record for the best-selling single ever by a german artist it's wow. a bomb. it's, it's definitely a bomb. big deal but yeah so it's um it's the podcast is kind of like traditionally i don't really enjoy this type of podcast because it's if you ever listen to like serial it's the super like very highly produced like professionally well done like overarching narrative um where it's kind of like less just like a conversation like ours and just less less people just shooting this shit and <laughs> more like people actually wrote a story arc for it and that's why i hate it <laughs> um it's everything but- we're not <laughs> basically <laughs> well informed and uh, well produced that's a that's the Feepix motto. Um, Amen. But it, it goes to a ton of history on the band, background on like the CIA at the time, and lots of different interviews throughout it. And it ends with an interview with Klaus Meine, who is like the front man of the Scorpions. So I was like, damn, like they really they got they really that boy got Klaus. The, yeah, they got that boy Klaus on the line. Uh, and I won't spoil the ending just yet, uh, but we'll we'll get there. But uh, it's done by this guy Patrick Keefe. Um, who's a journalist who wrote for like New York Times and New Yorker and Slate. Um, so he's got some he's got some credentials behind him. And his big piece was uh, the hunt for El Chapo, which makes <laughs> me think that this guy's this guy's got some connections too in there. So I'm kind of I kind of start to to wonder as I was is going he through CIA himself. Yeah, is he himself CIA? Is this the answer is always yes. If you ever have to ask, the answer is yes. 
there's even the slightest doubt in the back of your mind that somebody is working for the CIA, the answer is yes, they are. Assume um, that no one is a friend. That's right, baby. That's why. Yeah. That's why I'm asking Thomas because now he's out with those Hollywood elites. I got to make sure he hasn't been brainwashed yet. It's too late. Too late. I've sold out. <laughs> Thank God. You know, Thomas. I, I actually saw him on the flight logs on Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs. But well, well, it was just a cheap flight. I thought it was Spirit Airlines. It wasn't, and I got off immediately. It's, people always bring this up to me. <laughs> There's probably an equal amount of human trafficking that happened on Jeffrey Epstein's flight and Spirit Airlines. I have but, to imagine, yeah. Uh, anyways, um, so a little bit of background on, on kind of some of the, the history there. Basically, the the music scene in the Soviet Union was like super heavily controlled by the state. Um, so there was very, very little foreign music. Any of it came from Europe if they were going to let in foreign music, but there was like none from America uh, just because there was, you know, they were so worried about the whole culture war and everything like that. Um, but you basically had either state sponsored bands, which were bands that were approved by the government. So they would get all the record deals and you play on the radio and everything like that. Um, or you had the street bands where it was kind of, you know, you were more like underground orchestrating your own shows, but you were never going to get like airtime or a record deal or anything like that. You kind of had to rely on live mm-hmm. shows, and like organic support. Um but basically, you know, even even the music venues were all patrolled by the KGB. So it was like a very sketchy thing. Um, so there was no way you were going to get like an American band in there. But if you were the CIA and you were trying to get some music in there, if you chose a West German band, you would be a lot more likely to uh, get the message out. The key is West German band because, yeah. I mean, I don't even know like statistically here, but the amount of probably CIA operations during the Cold War that were based out of West Germany, it was probably a, the majority, a pretty heavy majority are coming out of West Germany. There was a lot of espionage going on uh, over during the uh, the times of the Berlin Wall, for sure. Um Let's see, where was I? But yeah, so they, despite being from Germany, the Scorpions actually have like this really American sound. Um, you can definitely hear the accent come out in certain songs and especially during the interviews, like they are heavy, heavy German guys. <laughs> like there's no doubt, but they still have like the American rock sound, which makes them kind of like a perfect vessel yeah. for, uh, for the CIA. Um, but essentially it kind of like documents this guy Patrick's whole journey on trying to find get to the bottom of this and so it's like he starts off where it's just a rumor that he hears from a, a friend that he has that has cia connections so you know strike one for for good old patrick um strike but one buddy boy cia pretty much is like we can either confirm nor deny any allegations with the scorpions um but they get <laughs> into this, this thing where basically you know obviously certain things get uh declassified uh as time goes on and a bunch of stuff from the cold war at this point has been declassified um, that we know about now. So it's kind of strange. Like if they were working with the Scorpions, it probably would have been declassified by now, unless it's something that's still happening. And if it's an ongoing operation that like, if they were still working with other bands and musicians to try and like ghostwrite music for them, it could still be happening if it's true. Is that why ASAP Rocky got arrested in Sweden? <laughs> yes. He was, <laughs> you don't, you may not know this, but Raph was ghostwritten by the CIA as an attempt to boost clothing sales. 
Um, I, yeah, so I, my immediate thought was like all of those post 9-11 songs were probably all propaganda pieces, like proud to be an American and like the one that we literally listened to every day in elementary school uh, after the play. We all kind of sat there and like listened to that, and we were like, obviously, we're in kindergarten, so we're not going to ask any questions. But looking back, it's like that was that was brutal. So yeah, it's like yeah, <laughs> like I love that song though. I mean, do we love that song, or was it just like ingrained in our child? I love it because I've been told to like it by <laughs> exactly. my CAA handler. I mean, that is for sure propaganda. There's a rhythmic clicking in the background that you can't hear that activates something in your brain. There's always those kids that were like, and I stand up. And they yes. would like, every it kid would, would freaking right stand up it. and then sit back down. And then Hilarious bit works every time. <laughs> classic class clown bullshit. There was, every single cool. class had at least half the class doing that. It's so funny. Uh, that, you, you were like the king of, of comedy if you were doing that. <laughs> as a kid. Um, but yeah, my, my other thought was... Uh, I was trying to think of like bands where I'm like, they inexplicably kind of blew up and it just really makes no sense on how they got so big. And I was like, 21 pilots must've been artificially boosted by somebody because I don't think there's any way that they could have gotten. It makes a lot of sense. Don't they have a song about like a car radio or something? Could that not be like a (laughs) subliminal? Isn't that like, couldn't be like subliminal messaging about listening to the media? I think think so. so. It must be. That's what I'm thinking about. Someone chew on. I remember the first time I heard that. I thought it was so. I mean, it's very unique. It's just like very different. I don't know. It's not for me. I don't know. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Chief. I respect your oh. success. Respect the success, unless you are CIA backed, and then I don't respect it. Then all. it's all inflated. Yes. Um, but there's like a bunch of interesting things where they talk about um, some different like CIA technology. Uh, the one that really blew my mind is they have this one woman on board who's given them an interview where she talks about different masks that they used to use as like disguises. Oh, yeah. Basically, like uh, she was talking about how she presented these to George H.W. Bush. And she the whole time she's wearing one of the disguises as she's telling him about this. So she's wearing like this latex mask and like a wig and all sorts of crazy stuff. And he's like, oh, great. When do I get to see the masks? Like, I can't wait to see them. And she's like, I'm wearing one right now. And she peeled it off. Like, it was like so one of those terrifying. Possible latex things. And then he said, I'll take 10,000. This was like back in the 80s and like 90s. Yeah. So I'm like, I have no idea what the hell they've got. Now it's probably, yeah. they're probably just literally like using like stem cells to just make a face and they can just like. <laughs> attach it to themselves just Probably. literally facial transplants um and they also talked like uh the same woman was talking about this giant telescope camera lens that she used on some sort of air recon mission and she tried to get one made for herself so she went to this like expert lens maker who is like who makes custom lenses for a living and you know obviously he knows he knows his shit but he basically is like oh that's impossible like nobody's ever been able to make a lens that can see that far away you just can't do it and so I was like, okay. Um, okay. So basically what I'm trying to say is like ghostwriting a song would be nothing. Like obviously yeah, that's incredibly that's like easy for them to do. Um, wow. But, you know, as I, as I got to think more about our old pal Patrick, who was doing the, the main narration, I was, I was starting to think like, are you yourself a CIA person? Because you've got a ton of CIA connections. And if you're in the CIA, right, and you're trying to, like, get some positive headlines for yourself, because, you know, 
they've uh they've kind of gotten exposed over the last couple of years as a domestic terrorists but that's a different episode <laughs> we'll get to that would you you wouldn't admit to like you know something like mk ultra where you're torturing people with psychedelic drugs or you know you wouldn't admit to like shredding like a significant majority of the documents for that and then yeah it, or like what comes out is still significantly damning right you know or, or being complicit in like south american drug trade or anything He's like dead. that like we wrote a freaking sweet rock star, <laughs> and we toppled the USSR with rock and roll, baby. Maybe a forget about all those those democratically elected nations uh, oh, we toppled. Those are Olivia. not relevant. Olivia, this is uh, we're doing rock and roll. That's did what we're we mention how like multiple like U.S. intelligence people were like arrested in Bolivia, in Venezuela? Yeah, Venezuela. Different South American. Too, <laughs> uh, yeah, the current one. Yeah. Yeah, um, have to, basically do some light googling before we kind of drop it all on you but there is there's been some high level military people uh arrested yeah. in venezuela along yeah. like they were basically leading coups so yeah some real big brain guys decided to carry their usa military ids on them as they got captured false by, flag uh, maybe who's to say yikes i don't know i don't know man something something that just keeps me up at night you know but it's all right we'll find but again truth. If the CIA was going to admit to something they did during the Cold War that wasn't like a complete violation of human rights, this would probably be it. Um, and so there's also like some weird stuff with some of the managers of the Scorpions. So like there's this guy, Doc McGee, who they oh, I love this part. Yeah. And he is, you know, he's a big name in music management, but he was like heavily involved in some CIA drug running stuff. Basically, uh, he got caught. And like everybody else that was in, oh, he got caught, quote unquote, but everybody else in the operation went to jail except for him. And so I'm like, if you weren't the guy who was like either the informant or you were kind of, you know, working with them to get this thing going, you'd probably be the only one to not go to jail. Um, and they talk about all these mysterious translators that show up at the band on tour where they'll like disappear for days at a time and they're fluent in like 16 languages, which is obviously, you know, that that is a translator's job. I'll give them that. But it's uh they go into some of the some of the little shady things, but anyways to uh to make a long story short, I'll I will spoil the ending here. So if you if you want to figure it out for yourself or you want to listen without knowing, go ahead and just skip like a minute ahead. But they interview Klaus, uh, the lead singer of the Scorpions, and he says that he basically has no idea what he's talking about. He's actually never even heard that theory before. Um, so they kind of leave it a little open ended of like is Klaus lying or does maybe he doesn't even know that it was ghostwritten by them or um, some, uh, some interesting stuff. Perhaps. Yeah. So give it a listen. Winds of change. I believe it's a, a Spotify exclusive Spotify boys rise up. Rise Stay winning. Up. <laughs> Spotify rise up. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Falcons rise up joke for anybody, for all of our international listeners, the Atlanta Falcons. It's an Atlanta <laughs> thing, baby. Eight, eight, piece of A-Town down. You already know what's going on. A-Town down. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's about it for me. It's, um, I think it sounds about time for everybody's favorite segment. Discover, Discover Weekly. Weekly. Ooh. So we might have to chuck along with this. Yeah, that's true. He's still listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, do you guys want to, everybody got theirs first? Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Why not? Go, go for it. Go, go ahead, it. Brad. Um, so 
I have a, I know you guys know this, but I'm declaring this summer, uh, the summer of dad rock. So I'm going through all of the tasteful sounds of the 1970s, some, some bands that I'm familiar with, but I only know like the hits of that I'm kind of going through and, uh, electric light orchestra. I really, yeah. You played that song on our radio the other day. It was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw up a little bit of showdown by ELO so you can, uh, you can catch these vibes. Showdown by ELO or Electric Light Orchestra from their second album. But this is, uh, you know, there's what can I say about the song? That it's a nice tune. It's, a, it's like a true early 70s rock banger. It's got the chorus. It's got the guitar solo. It's got like the powerful vocals. It's, you know, it's it's a winning formula. But it really uh, is. Basically, I, I might have to start compiling my my dad rock windows down summertime playlist for uh for the feedbix listeners shoot them this way baby I'll, I'll listen stay tuned the people need the tasteful palette that's right that's right who's next josh what do you got this one is a folk song uh, no surprise here <laughs> the song is called crossing muddy waters by the band i'm with her now let me pre let me add a disclaimer onto here for all of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> the band's name predates the Hillary Clinton campaign by 18 months and there is no correlation. Oh man. The musicians themselves have said this band is not about Hillary, it's about camaraderie. Their so. first lead single is Email <laughs> Servers. This is I'm with her. Here is the song Glass Ceiling by I'm With Her. No, it's Crossing Muddy Waters. I believe it is like one of those kind of folks, folk music kind of circles around in the folk community. You'll have, you know, 30 different bands will play like this one folk song from, you know, who knows how long ago. As far as I know, this is like one of those older ones, but here it is. Crossing Muddy Waters. Sooner than the dogs could bark Faster than the sun rose Down to the banks in an old new car She took a flatboat across the shallows Left me in my tears to drown She left her baby daughter Down the river's wide and deep and brown She's crossing muddy So that was Crossing Muddy Waters 
by I'm with her. Uh, it's their group is sort of like a as much of a super group as a very folk bluegrass sound can be. Um, the three members are all pretty successful um, musicians in the folk scene. I know uh, one of them won a Grammy for her solo folk album a few years ago for as like best folk album. Um, another one was they basically all have at least 20,000 listeners on Spotify each on their solo stuff. Uh, some one of them is a little more famous, but yeah, they're pretty good to listen to. I think so. If you like folk bluegrass, check them out. Everybody does. That's right. Everybody should, I should say. Everybody who knows me knows that it's a requirement. It's true. <laughs> As we look at the banjo on your wall, <laughs> right? right <laughs> it's kind of a no brainer. <laughs> oh man! Well, uh, I'll I'll bring us home. Uh, two uh, very different from your guys' choices. Uh, Paranoid by Kanye West. Oh, uh, didn't see this coming. Uh, from okay. 808s and Heartbreak. I've just, I don't know why. Actually, the first time I hadn't even heard the song really till I heard it live at Camp Flogna. Did I tell you I went? Uh, <laughs> yeah, did I tell you I went? And I have this video have from it. It was like, they started playing it. It was it was Kanye and Kid Cudi doing Kid See Ghost stuff, but they played Paranoid. I didn't know the song really. I think I'd heard it before once or twice, but like... So I experienced it for the first time live there. It was so cool. Um, they had these flashing like red and blue lights yeah. going on. It, it looked kind of so like a cool. car. And it was, oh, it was, Why it was are awesome. you so paranoid? Uh, yeah, Baby. yeah. Here's the Paranoid Kanye Don't West. Don't worry we'll about it. You guys. Don't Baby. worry about it. <laughs> Don't be so paranoid. No. Don't be so Baby, don't worry about it. Hate it, don't even think about it. You worry about the wrong things, the wrong things. You worry about the wrong things, the wrong things. You worry about the wrong things, the wrong things. You worry about the wrong things, the wrong things. Tell me right now, you really wanna spend your whole life alone? A little time out, my was good for we be done for good cause i can make it good i can make it hood i can make it come i can make it go i can make it high i can make it fly make it touch the sky hey maybe so all of the time you be up in mind take it through my cell phone baby no you want to kill the vibe on another night here's another fight oh here we go oh here we go baby don't you you never know you. Yeah, I do it, dude. I've been listening to it like a lot. Anyway, so that was Paranoid. Um, and that was and is Paranoid. That song is so, it's just so good. You just, you want to, you know, windows down. I, you know, nothing makes me more upset than when I see somebody put 808s and Heartbreaks on like the bottom two or three Kanye albums. I'm like, did you, did you even listen to this? It's too good. Did you actually sit down and listen to this album and and consciously put it in the bottom three? Because I'm, I'd like some reasoning behind that. That's what I'm saying. This song, I I mean, there's so many good songs on 808s, but I mean, this song is just a good like. I I don't know why. I just I love this song. So hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, obviously, catch our Discover Weekly playlist that we are updating with every episode. Um, 
every you, two months you can expect yeah every two months there are three new songs <laughs> but uh if you're lucky if you're lucky check okay. it out to hear these songs and more if you want to keep up with the songs that we post on there we might have to maybe we should just go ahead and bolster that playlist up a little bit if we've uh you know even if we don't get to it on an episode we're really i agree i agree maybe we should throw on there for catch the our picks time. and more that's right baby hence the name but uh <laughs> Yeah, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, that's right. We're, they're, they're playing the music on us. No, it's been two months since we recorded. I will get to the end of this. Yeah, what's that? Yeah, yeah. Two, two minutes. We got two minutes, guys. We got two minutes. <laughs> the dairy the dairy cow industry is horribly... <laughs> <laughs> while, while I'm here, uh, the dairy cow industry do not support it. Um, uh, oat milk is the only thing you should be drinking. Oat milk I, is the goat milk. To an almond milk household over here. Yeah, dude, uh, I, dairy is a thing of the past for me. I, <laughs> in regards to milk, at least. Look, even before I became lactose intolerant, if you're drinking like a tall glass of milk, that's kind of that's kind of gross, dude. bro. Bro, <laughs> bro, you Please, still bro. get your milk and cookies, bro? You you five years old, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah, what, what are we five years old? Santa comes what to town. What would you tall glass of milk? Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa milk is up for Santa. Don't get those chips away in there, bro. <laughs> bro, you oh, drop bro. the whole Oreo in there. You ever dip your whole hand in, bro? Come on, you stupid and then it, idiot. Time, right? So you like you buy a gallon of milk and you got to dump a good third of it. I never right? drink you it. Even drinking milk like on a daily basis, you're not getting rid of that whole gallon by the time the week. Whenever over. I have milk in the fridge, when it gets to the expiration date, I'm like, all right, Tyler, you can finish this <laughs> off. <laughs> That man drinks so much milk. Yeah, I got a, the density of a space shuttle coating. <laughs> I I do gotta say I be drinking milk a lot because I eat a lot of cereal. Oh, He's a look, cereal guy. He's big a cereal, cereal guy. guy over here. Almond milk is superior. It, it it takes like two months to expire. Yep, it's healthier for you. I just trust it. It's good, dude. It's good. I I'm just trust it. How to get the Here's milk out the milk. almonds though? I yeah. how they. <laughs> They got no titties. <laughs> but the almonds ain't got no titties, so how they get the milk? How you gonna milk someone no titties? I've tried squeezing an almond, no milk came out. So how do they do it? <laughs> we gotta cut this off. I genuinely <laughs> we don't get know. Out of here. <laughs> Before we get in trouble, but, uh, uh, please follow us on social media at Featured yes. Picks and DM us if any featured picks you'd like us to talk about. That's right, baby. Instagram, please. Our social media manager <clears throat> is lacking on Twitter. He yeah, doesn't so bother with Twitter. Look, it's too controversial. Everybody knows that Instagram is, it's actually really not the pop-in platform, but that's why we're on it because we're going to bring it back. Right. Exactly. We'll be re- responsible. We're going to bring it back. Well, well guys, uh, they're, uh, they're giving us the, the signal. Yeah, they're doing the lights so now. The, red, the lights are going on and off. I think they went to commercial already, honestly. Uh, yeah, well, I, think, I think we're already off the air, so <laughs> we, we should probably get going. Thank you, you know all what? for listening. We love we you. Love